On this episode of Rev Hang, Ben and I talk about the Japanese Grand Prix. Let's do it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Rev Hang. I'm your host, Nathan Nevue, and alongside me today is my fellow gearhead and co-host, Ben Bagley. How are you doing today, Ben? Oh, pretty good. Got a little motorcycle maintenance done. Uh, fixed my turn signals, which were backwards. And I am ready to talk about a very wet WDC. Nice. Yeah. Uh, backwards turn signals, I could imagine, is uh, somewhat problematic. Yeah, I didn't times. notice it until I was pulling out of my driveway last week. So who knows <laughs> how long it's been doing that. That is <laughs> kind of scary. Um, but wow, I'm glad you got it fixed, though. Yeah. Um, cool. So to uh, just to let everybody know, I have been sick uh, for the last few days. I mentioned in the last episode, which we recorded last night. I'm still getting over a little bit, so if I sound a little uh, hoarse, that would be the reason. Um, so just to bear with me, please. I'll try not to sound too gross. Hoarse. <laughs> um, <laughs> been but... sounding a little Ferrari. Uh -huh. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Speaking of Ferrari, we only have uh, only have F1 this week. We don't have any other series to talk about. So. Just the Japanese Grand Prix. Let's just uh, jump right in. We got nothing better to do. <laughs> so, to give you some context, we'll go through qualifying real quick. Uh, the top ten in qualifying were Verstappen, Leclerc, Sainz, Perez, Ocon, Hamilton, Alonso, Russell, Vettel, and Norris. Yeah, Vettel had a, a pretty good streak this weekend. Last week of absolutely decent qualifyings. Yeah. Vettel did very well this week. He he kept talking about how much he loves this track. So I was I was pretty pleased to see him him do well in qualifying and then he ended up doing very well in the race, which we'll talk about. Yeah. Rain is the great equalizer, but it's also really boring at times. Yeah, as we as we learned. Um it was a very wet Sunday morning uh, in Japan. Uh, morning and afternoon actually. It rained pretty much all day. Um so the track was extremely wet. There were rivers running down the track when the race started. Um, so, yeah, jumping into lap one, Verstappen got a pretty bad start and fell behind Leclerc momentarily until he absolutely sent it around the outside of turn one, um, which I thought was... I, well, at the time when I saw it, I was like, oh, that's overtake of the week, um, which <laughs> it almost won, but I give it to a different different... Uh, overtake during the race because uh, there were there were quite a few really good overtakes this uh, this week. Um, but moving on, Vettel got a little too eager into turn one and made contact with Fernando Alonso, um, which ended up sending Vettel into a spin. He spun off uh, into the gravel in turn one, but was luckily for him able to continue as he did not get stuck. Halfway through lap one, Signs aquaplaned and spun, hit the wall and caused a safety car. Uh, it was pretty, pretty sketchy it incident, actually. Pretty hard shunt. Yeah, it was. It was a hard hit because he was going so fast when he lost the rear. Um, but then he bounced off the wall, like onto the track, and he was just barely off the racing line. Luckily, yeah. So he he didn't get clipped by anybody, but there were some. There were a couple of close calls. A couple of cars that were probably a good two, three feet away from hitting signs and causing a very nasty incident. 
Yeah, really foreshadowing for the rest of the race. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Alex Alvon also had problems on lap one. He had either an engine failure or a gearbox failure. Uh, I wasn't sure which one it was. I thought it was an engine failure at first, but then later on they said he couldn't get out of second gear, um, which could, I guess, still be an engine-ish problem. I don't know. They called it an engine problem. It might have been a gearbox problem. We're not, we're not too sure. Uh, but regardless, it ended up ending his race uh, right after he passed signs on the road. So, um, yeah, two drivers already out after lap one. Uh, it was not Albon's fault. It was kind of Sainz's fault. I mean, technically he was driving the car, but the conditions were so bad that that could have happened to anybody. It was really a visibility problem. Yeah. Um, speaking of visibility problems, Pierre Gasly, when he passed the incident with Carlos Sainz, caught a, uh, a sign, like a piece of debris, one of those, like, styrofoam signs they have on the side of the track. He oh, yeah. got that caught on his front wing and ended up driving the rest of the lap, uh, basically blind, which was kind of insane. Yeah, especially uh, in those conditions, just swapping right. your front diffuser for a sign. Yeah, it was absolutely nuts. Uh, so he was forced to box under safety car conditions. Uh, when he got back out after the safety car, he was trying to catch back up to the back of the field. And when he passed the science incident on the track, there was a big 12-ton tractor on the track right next to the racing line uh, that he almost hit at 200 kilometers an hour, <laughs> which would have been horrifying. Yeah. Um yeah, a lot of drivers were not happy at how quickly they brought the tractors out because in 2014, we actually lost a Formula One driver, Gilles Bianchi, uh, at the same track under the same conditions, a pretty similar scenario. Um, ran into the back of a recovery vehicle and uh, had a life-ending head injury. Very yeah. sad. Yeah, it was scary watching the, the footage from the driver's car because it's super foggy, a whole bunch of spray, and then all of a sudden this tractor is right in front of you. Yeah, it was it was terrifying, and Gasly was especially very unhappy. Uh, he went to chat with the FIA during the red flag period, and uh, I don't know what came of that, but I know the FIA have launched an investigation into that, and so hopefully... Uh, this won't happen again, because it would be horrific if if history repeated itself here in that way. Yep. Um, but, uh, moving on, after two laps of running, the red flag came out, stopped the race for about two hours, which we were all having Spa 2021 flashbacks. Oh, yeah. Um, Luckily, <laughs> I wasn't watching it live, so uh, I, was, I was watching it with friends today, uh, which is Sunday. The race for us happened at 10 p.m. on Saturday, but I was able to skip through all that. But I didn't realize it was how long it was until I looked back at the uh, elapsed time. Yeah, it was it was kind of rough. Uh, two hours of not much to do. I I, I played I played uh, Magic the Gathering with my buddy who was over watching the race with me. So we played a couple of games <laughs> while yep. we were waiting. So that was fun, but. Uh, you know, I think I would have preferred a full a full race. Um, but anyway, the race was finally restarted behind the safety car with about 40 minutes left on the the uh, the clock to finish the race. 
Um, and since the race was restarted behind safety car under wet conditions, all of the drivers were forced to go out on the wet tires, uh, which shook up the strategy quite a bit. Because for some reason this year, nobody wants to use the wet tires. Yeah, it has been a trend I've noticed. Uh, it seems not only are they slower, I mean, obviously they're slow on the wet tires, but uh, you think that there's some trade-off for them. But it seems like they either make the intermediates work or they just slow down. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, the extreme wet tires are just too slow and they... They evacuate so much water that it just makes visibility impossible. And I don't know. I mean, I feel like Pirelli has to do something about about the wet tire situation. I don't know what they can do. Uh, other than maybe just making a a single wet compound. That's what I was going like to say. Like they have an yeah. Indy car. Yeah. Just kind of upgrade um, the intermediate a little bit. Make it a bit more water evacuation. Yeah, because if they did that, then... It would make crossover periods even more hairy than they already are between wet and dry. So I think that would be really cool because it would really shake things up strategy-wise. If you yeah. had a tire that was in between intermediate and full wet, that would be pretty pretty nice, I think. Yeah, or even you know just 10% better in the wet than the current intermediates. Because honestly, in the past couple seasons when it's been this wet, they just red flag the race anyways. Right. Uh, when normally they would be enough. using wet tires, which, yeah, makes sense. So I feel like the conditions that they're running in and will be running in, uh, this kind of sets the precedent that I'm not really sure that there's a place for the wet tire anymore. Yeah. Um, so after just a lap or two of running, everybody decided to come in for the intermediate tires because they were so much faster. Vettel and uh, Latifi came in right as the safety car came in. Uh, to switch to intermediates, and they ended up being about five seconds a lap faster than everybody else when they got out of the pits. So everybody, I think, uh, didn't need too much more encouragement to come in to switch tires. Yeah, yeah, a lot of drivers watching other drivers' strategies to see what they're going to do. Yeah, for sure. Um, so as we got racing, Ocon and Hamilton had a crazy battle throughout the race that never seemed to resolve itself. They they were they were battling pretty much the entire 40 minutes. It was actually pretty cool to watch. Yeah, I'd like to see that. Yeah, Akon did a fantastic job defending from Hamilton, I will yep. say. Akon fans rise up. There's dozens of us. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> dozens, all dozens of you. Um <laughs> it it is sad cuz I feel like he's a really good driver, but he's the most forgotten driver on the grid by quite a margin, I feel like. He doesn't crash out a whole lot, and he doesn't finish on the podium a whole lot. He just, you know, kind He's of kind finishes of there. in the points and then goes to the next race. Yep. Um, no slight to Akon. He's He is a really good driver, but it's yeah. for some reason he's just super anonymous. Um, but with 30 minutes left in the race, George Russell started to make his way through the field, and Sergio Perez started to reel Charlotte Claire in um, towards the end of the race as well. I really started to hunt him down, and then on the last lap of the race, Perez finally caught up to Leclerc and forced him into an error into the last chicane of uh, of the track. Um, the last little bit, uh, Leclerc ended up leaving the track and gaining an advantage, so as they crossed the line, he was given a five-second penalty, promoting Perez to second place. Yeah, yeah. So normally, they kind of elaborated on this post-race 
uh, they would have just had Leclerc give the lap or give the position to Perez. But uh, since it was so close to the end of the race and the checkered flag uh, waved, they just gave him the five second penalty by default. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I Mattia Benotto was saying that there was no evidence to support that Charles should have gotten a penalty there. And then I saw like all the replies to that post on Twitter were Ferrari fans saying like, you're the reason that our season's messed up. <laughs> and Charles absolutely deserved that penalty. So why are you? Yeah, <laughs> why do you this try is not to put the blame to on everything on. else. It was. It's just getting to the point where Ferrari fans are turning on themselves, and it's kind of it's kind of sad. They're cavitating. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so as a result of that, and Perez being moved up to second place, Verstappen had enough points to win the championship. Um. Interestingly enough, even though <laughs> for the whole race, Crofty was telling everybody that we'd be on reduced points and Verstappen probably wouldn't win the championship because he wasn't going to get the points he needed. But then after the race was over, like several minutes after the race was over, we found out that um, the race was actually awarded full points because of some weird clause in the rules that is very specific. And it was just kind of weird. Yeah, super strange. Uh, maybe next time Verstappen will have a, a more normal WDC win. Yeah, I feel bad for him, man. Like, he can't seem to win a championship without some sort of confusion or drama. <laughs> the last <laughs> one was all sorts of fanfare and hullabaloo, and this one was like, oh, it turns out you actually are the WDC this race. Good job. Good job. <laughs> yeah, I I would love to have him definitively win a championship at a race and be able to celebrate in his car with his team. <laughs> yep. Yeah. A little selfishly, he... also kind of hoping that he didn't win the WC this race. So he could win it in Austin because that'd be so cool. Yeah. Have him win it in the U S that'd be so cool. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Um, yeah, I really wanted to see him do donuts, but he didn't even know he was champion until I got out of the car. So <laughs> yeah, it's so, uh, just so weird. But yeah, it was so a, a great job by Perez reeling in Leclerc to the point where that five-second penalty could make a difference. Yeah, Perez is the ultimate wingman to Verstappen. Um, yeah. <laughs> very good team. Dude just um, doesn't miss. Combination there. Yeah. So, podium was Verstappen, Perez, Leclerc. The fastest lap went to Guan Yu Zhou uh, for the Alfa Romeo driver. And um, driver of the day went to Sebastian Vettel. Hold it. Yep, you did. You did. Uh, Sebastian Vettel drove very well. He had that spin at the beginning of the race, but then absolutely nailed his strategy and made his way up into, like, what did he end up? Like, sixth. Sixth? Yeah, sixth. That's insane. Yeah. For that Aston Martin that's just absolutely terrible this year. That's, hey, uh. <laughs> tractors drive awesome. great in the mud. Yep, there you go. That's <laughs> what so he got her over. Uh, yeah. So, results of the race. Top five were Verstappen, Perez, Leclerc, Ocon, and Hamilton. Estimate Ocon doing a great job getting into fourth place. Yes. Uh, six through ten was Vettel, Alonso, Russell, Latifi, and Norris. Latifi and points. Latifi scoring two <laughs> points this race. Um. And then 11 through 15 was Ricardo, Stroll, Sunoda, Magnussen, and Bottas. 
16 through 18, rounding off the finishers were Joe, Schumacher, and Gasly. And then we had two DNFs, and they were Albon and Sainz, both on lap one. Yeah, it's kind of shocking to me. Yeah, despite all the chaos, I thought there were going to be a lot more drivers out. Yeah, my friend last night, he asked me, he's like, how many DNFs do you think? Because he asked me this on lap one before anybody crashed, and I was seeing all the spray and the chaos, and I was like, there's going to be at least like eight DNFs this race. (laughs) Hungry flashbacks. Yeah, but uh, that was not the case. It was just two, and everybody else made it to the end, which, uh, good on them. Yep. Um... So, yeah, it was a very, very wet race. Probably the, well, this and Singapore were probably the rainiest of the season. In yeah, terms I'm trying of, to... you know, wet weather tires and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it was definitely um, felt the most, this race. Yeah, I think so. Uh, so, Verstappen won the championship, as we said before. Uh, congratulations to him. It's his first one that uh, I think everybody can agree he... 100% deserves, and I don't think there's going to be too much pushback on Twitter, but, no. you know, that's hopeful thinking. <laughs> and if, realistically, even if they do take it for some reason, he has another four races to win it all over again. Yeah, exactly. I, there's no way he's, yeah, yeah I don't I don't know, <laughs> but he's, he's going to win regardless. He already has one. Yep. I doubt they'll undo it. That would just create another social media storm they don't need. Yep. Yeah, and um, I don't see any reason to, so. There's no reason when he's just going to win at the next race anyway. But, yeah, so Vettel and Latifi had great strategies this race, um, taking the dive into the pits early, um, both making their way into the points. Nicholas Latifi is uh, now ahead of Nick DeVries, so he is in 20th place in the Drivers' Championship. Um, good for him. He, he'll end... <laughs> And in 20th out of 20 drivers rather than 21st out of 20 drivers. Love it. Love it. <laughs> uh, unless he can score more points, which, you know, don't put Gotifi out of this. He's mm. He's been known to surprise some people in good ways and bad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll see. Yeah. But uh, Sergio Perez had another really good race. Um, once again, proving his value to Red Bull, not only as a race winner last season or last week, but um, as Verstappen's perfect pairing this week, uh, he just he's just everything Red Bull needs. I know he kind of had a rough middle of the season this year, but um, he's doing everything they really need him to do. And so I don't think you can fault him too much for anything he's done this season. Nope. And he is in second place now in the WBC. Yes. The chase for second place now. Uh, he is one point ahead of Charles Leclerc. Yep. Yeah, he is now in second place. Drivers' Championship. Um, Leclerc's right there, too, so it could still go either way. I'm almost certain now at this point that George Russell is out of contention for second place, uh, as well as Carlos Sainz. So between Russell and Sainz, it's going to be the battle for fourth, and uh, I think Lewis Hamilton will end up sixth, which is where he's at right now. Um, I don't see too much changing, even in the lower lower parts of the, the standings here, so... I think uh, we're pretty much set in terms of everything being where it's at. Yeah, I mean, um, maybe Alonzo and Ocon trade places at some point. Possibly. Maybe. I could see that happening. Yeah. That, uh, that'll that be another one to watch. Um, but, but aside from that, it's yeah, and then the battle for second. The battle for yeah. fourth. Right. 
And then in the Constructors' Championship, only notable thing this week is Alpine re-overtook McLaren. So they are once again in fourth, uh, best of the rest, um, with a 13-point lead. So that will be an interesting battle to watch as the season wraps up. Hopefully Dana Ricciardo can, can pick it up and pull his weight and uh, help Lando <laughs> yeah. uh, a little more than he has this season. But, you know, we'll see. It's Coda next. So yep. there's always a and chance. Danny Rick. Yeah, Ricardo loves America, so we'll see. We'll see how please, he does. Please just go to IndyCar. I oh please. That'd be that'd be amazing. I we, think a lot of fans would love to see that. We already <laughs> ranted about it enough last podcast. We won't go into it, but uh yeah. Yeah. Um so moving on to our overtake of the week, I gave this one to George Russell on Yuki Sonoda in the S's section at Suzuka. Uh Quite the daring overtake around the outside of a very fast corner, uh, very fast sweeping right-hand corner, and it was wet, and it was offline, and he made it stick, and he actually overtook several people in the exact same way there. Uh, this was just kind of the one I feel like he really was farther the b- behind than he ought to have been to send that move. Um, yeah. But, you know, he made it stick, and uh, Senora gave him a space, to be fair, and... Uh, Russell made the overtake work, so good job to him. Good racing. Yep. Pit stop championship uh, for the first time in a long time. Red Bull has not won this week. Uh, they did actually. They actually did not do very well <laughs> at all this week. Um, Yuki Sonoda ended up with the best pit stop time, uh, with a time of twenty three point seven five six seconds. Uh, followed by Lance Stroll and Pierre Gasly. So Aston Martin and AlphaTauri continuing to show good uh, performance in their pit stops. Um, so 4 through 6 was Alonzo, Vettel, and Joe. Um, and then 7 through 10 was Verstappen, and Norris, Schumacher, and Latifi. So Verstappen was, uh, was at 7th, yeah. And uh, that's probably the lowest... Uh, one of the lower Red Bull <laughs> performing races in terms of pit stops because Perez yeah. was way back in like 15th or something. So, yeah, not that they not, had a whole lot of opportunity to display their uh, their pit stop speed usually. I mean, there are yeah. a few pit stops. Maybe. Yeah. Right. I think they only had one. Yeah. Because right? they had. Because they came in for the red flag, but then. Yeah, they pitted for intermediates right at the beginning of the restart. So I think they only had the one pit stop, and there were a lot of people coming in, so it's possible that the Red Bulls were held in the pits a little bit. But um, I don't know. Anyway, regardless, Yuki Tsunoda comes away with the win, so congrats to him and his pit team. Uh, Pit stop championship standings. Still very much Perez out in front in the driver's Red Bull. uh, They've won the championship for sure. I did the math earlier today, so confirmed. Just an um, absolute sweep. Yeah, and then AlphaTauri in second place, and they've got quite a gap to third. Yeah. So, uh, looks like Red Bull and their sister team are killing it in the pit stops this season. Uh, it'll be interesting to see who gets third, because Ferrari is only two points ahead of Aston Martin right now. Can you imagine this is, if this is the actual championship? We had AlphaTauri in second, and then Ferrari and Aston Martin duking it up for third. That'd be wild. That'd be so cool. That'd be crazy. 
Yeah. Uh, hopefully Red Bull wouldn't actually be like 300 points ahead of everybody <laughs> with four races. They're not far but... off. Yeah. Um, all right. So going into our predictions uh, for the Japanese Grand Prix, Ben, I went first last week. So why don't you go ahead and do your gloating? Oh, boy. Yeah, I'm going to gloat. So uh, just to refresh everybody's minds, we had Verstappen, Perez, Leclerc, Alcon, and Hamilton in the top five. Uh, I put Verstappen, Perez, Leclerc, Russell, which is incorrect, Hamilton, which was correct. Uh, Then I have my dark horse as Fettel, who, granted, did do pretty well this race. Yeah, Uh, he got sixth, right? Yeah. Yeah, so So. not not quite the top five or podium I was looking for for him, but, you know, I'll, I'll take it. I at least mentioned his name, and he at least got points, which is better than some races. Yep. Uh, my f- my top five were Verstappen, Leclerc, Sainz, Russell, and Perez. With my dark horse is Fernando Alonso, so I got Verstappen winning, but that was about it. Well, at least there's there's one point for you. Yeah. And neither of us predicted that Joe would get the fastest lap. I don't think anyone could have predicted that one. <laughs> Truly a, a delight uh, to behold. Yeah, I said Verstappen. Yeah, I had Hamilton. And the, yeah, that was not correct at all. But for driver nope. of the day, I did put Vettel. Which, and it did go to Vettel. Yeah, line him up and knock him down on that one. That was uh, that was a pretty easy one. Yeah, nice. I, I said Fernando Alonso, but when you said Vettel last episode, I was like, actually, that makes way more sense. Yeah. And uh, there you go, <laughs> nailed it. It's all about psychology. Yeah. So, uh. Yeah, I ended up using some psychology, similar psychology in my picks for the U.S. So let's just dive into that. Uh, give me your top five, Ben. All right. I also psychology this a little bit. I think Verstappen has already won. So why not let Perez get some points? You know, help the team out. Take it slow. You know, maybe he finishes an extra lap or two early or something and then hangs out in the pits with his wife or something like that. You know, so, uh or, wait, are he and Kelly Piquet married, or just... Uh, not yet. I think dating. they're just dating still. Dating, okay, yeah. Uh, with his his girl, let's just say it like that. Uh, so, he gives Perez the first place. So, it's Perez, Verstappen, Hamilton, who has a whole bunch of experience at Coda, uh, Leclerc, mm-hmm. who's just in a pretty fast car, and Alonso, because he's. I feel like he's on a, a pretty good upward trajectory towards the end of this and i don't see him really slowing down towards the end of the season uh for my dark horse i put gasly because i feel like he's not mentioned very often i just like to throw a bone cool um all right my top five uh, i say verstappen wins this i don't think he's gonna take his foot off the gas i don't think that's who he is but we'll see uh i do say perez gets second um I think he'll perform pretty well at the U.S. and Mexico, because he did last year. Third, I will say Carlos Sainz, because he also does really well in Coda. Fourth, I said Leclerc, because he's in the same car as Sainz. Um, <laughs> but I think Sainz will pull it out in that teammate matchup. And then fifth, I said Lewis Hamilton, for the same reason as you, because Hamilton has a lot of experience at Coda and has a very, very good history here. And then my dark horse, I'm giving it to Daniel Ricciardo. Because I don't think we've thrown him a bone either this year yet. 
Um, and he just loves America so much that I think uh, if he's gonna if he's gonna want to perform well anywhere, it's gonna be here. Yeah. So um, he'll yeah. be in a good mood. He'll be full of barbecue, and uh, I can see him doing well. So he's my dark horse. Fastest lap. What's your prediction, Ben? I'm going to say Verstappen. Verstappen. Okay. I'm going to say Perez. All right. And, and driver, driver of the day, of the day. It's, it's going to be Ricciardo, I'm pretty sure. It's got to be. It's his last race that we know of for a little bit. It's the U.S. He's pretty much as close as we've got to an American driver aside from Perez. So, yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, so I actually said Perez will get the driver of the day for the same reason, because... He's got the huge following in Mexico, U.S. Grand Prix in Texas, um, so he's kind of got proximity there a little bit. It's practically uh, like a second I, home field advantage for him. Basically, I think so. So I think he'll do well. I think he's going to have a huge, huge fan base supporting him there. And uh, yeah, I could see him winning driver of the day as well. But Ricardo is also a solid pick. Yeah, I guess we'll just have to, so, to wait a little bit and see. Yep. So we missed this last episode, but this episode, I do want to give you a chance, Ben, to give us your words of wisdom. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, always, you know, if you have time, go out and check your check the lights in your car, your motorcycle. You know, make sure your brake lights are working. Uh, make sure your turn signals are correct and uh, your, your high beams are turning on and off because uh, safety first. Safety first, man. No one wants to fix a ticket, so... Nope. Do yourself a favor. Don't get pulled over. Just check your lights every once in a while. And uh, make sure you're good to go. Good advice, Ben. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening to this episode of Rev Hang. If you enjoyed it, leave a like or rating on the platform you listened on, because it really helps us out. If you'd like to follow our thoughts and opinions on the motorsport world, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at RevHangMedia. If you have any thoughts or questions about racing or even about us, post a tweet at hashtag RevHangPodcast and we may feature your question on the next show. We'd absolutely love to interact with you guys. You can follow Ben on Instagram at BenjiMeetsWorld and or myself at 2N underscore squared. While you're at it, go check out our website, RevHang.com, where you can find a calendar of upcoming races, updated standings for the racing series we talk about, along with our often terribly incorrect predictions for the F1 season. We will return in two weeks to talk about the United States Grand Prix in Austin, Texas. But until then, I have been Nathan. And I've been Ben. Thanks for hanging out, guys. See ya.